This video is sponsored by SK Hynix, the maker of fastest in class SSDs. The new Platinum P41 PCIe Gen 4 NVMe SSD exhibits technical excellence driven by unmatched speeds and reliability. The Platinum series represents the company's flagship retail lineup geared towards gamers and content creators looking to, to turbo boost PC performance. Check out the link in the description in order to grab a Platinum P41 today and give your PC a huge upgrade. In this episode of The Fool Nerd, desktop replacement laptops are back. Is HEDT dead? And where in the world is RTX 40 series? And also, by the way, six core CPUs are the new normal. Welcome to episode 218 of The Full Nerd. I'm your host, Gordon Mong, with co-host Brad Charkas. Good morning to my fellow Boston Celtics fans. <clears throat> Eleni Yee. <laughs> I have no skin in these finals. And Adam Patrick Murray is controlling the vertical and horizontal. Yeah, I'm here. It's Friday. Equal parts tired and uh, loopy and excited for the weekend. So ready ready to kick it off. We We have a lot of crazy topics we were like man we got nothing this week and then we we're like wow actually we have a lot this week uh, i will say everything i know right uh, i will say before we start uh be sure to tune in next week because next week we're doing a uh, we're bringing back the build challenge we haven't done one of those in a while because uh you know it's been hard to get some parts but now parts are out there so uh if you want to participate in the build challenge go over to our discord there's a link in the description uh in the build recommendations section uh i would love it if people put together a, a $1,200 PC uh, using PC Part Picker uh, with no peripherals, no monitor, no Windows key, anything like that. Just just the PC itself. Uh, put, put a link in there. Give a little description of you know what you targeted, what you aimed for. No theme. You know, some people are going for gaming. Some people might be, might be going for content creation. Some people streaming. You know, it, uh, have some fun with it. We're we're gonna have our own. We're gonna discuss it, and I'd like to be able to share some uh, some of you fine folks uh, builds as well. So be sure to go over there and uh, and put it in. But Today, today we're talking about desktop replacements. Maybe, maybe, maybe you don't want to take that twelve hundred dollars and build a machine. Maybe you want to replace it with a laptop. Gordon, what do you I, think? I think that you could you could argue for uh, certain people, a desktop replacement laptop is the way to go. And um, mm -hmm. although desktop replacement laptops have really changed over the last couple years, they've gotten so thin and actually so portable that. Probably years and years ago, they just would have been a laptop, and now they're 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 you could barely call them what what they used to be for desktop replacement laptops. And now, yep. interestingly, it seems like we're back there again because uh, Intel's new Alder Lake HX CPUs are finally starting to come out in some laptops. And uh, if you don't know, we have a video on it, but it's a full it's a full Alder Lake desktop part mounted into a bga and then soldered into a laptop and uh over the existing alder lake h parts which clearly are the are the rulers of uh laptop performance the hx hammers the h part and is yep. amazingly fast and of course i was shocked i yeah, i was too huge yeah because if you look i mean it's it's like what 30 40 percent faster than an alder like h which you know there's there was really not much that could touch it anyway 
So now they're cranking it up even more. But, you know, again, it is a, a 50 watt, 55 watt part. Um, so it, it is going to use a lot of power. It uses considerably more power than the already not power friendly Alder Lake H. Um, so you shouldn't expect a lot of battery life. And interestingly, a lot of people will always go like, oh, but bad battery life. It's like, to me, I think that doesn't make any sense because for, for these kind of laptops, for these kind of laptops, <laughs> yeah. if you are going for a big 17.3 inch laptop to do either a portal as a portable workstation or a gaming laptop, you, you really should not get get side sidetracked by the whole battery life argument because battery life on any gaming laptop. In fact, I would even argue the M1 Max because everybody's oh, you should be more like Apple M1 Max. If you take an M1 Max and you hammer that GPU and CPU in something very heavy duty, battery life is going to be really disappointing there too. You're not sitting there for eight hours, you know, doing an all core encode on an M1 Max. It's just not, it's just not going to happen. If you're using specialty circuits that are in there, sure, there's definitely things you can get, but for these big laptops and even the M1 Max, the MacBook 16 is like five pounds. It's not, it's no, it's not exactly a, you know, something light. There's a legitimate market for these big, heavy laptops. And I think people don't seem to get that, you know? Yeah, people, if you're concerned about battery life, you're probably not the kind of person this laptop is intended for to begin with. Full stop. Like, you're looking for as much power as possible in a PC that you can carry with you to your clients or out in the field or something like that. That's that's 100% what these are. And you're going to be working connected to a plug 95% of the time. Yeah, I mean, I'd say probably like ninety nine percent of the time, you know, like the, the the battery's there to be like, oh crap, I got to move from the desk to the table. Okay, you know, let me unplug it from the wall for a second. Yeah. Uh, so, so I mean, I, I think that's the hard point, right? Is that like if you would assume somebody's going to be plugged in, plugged into power all the time, why not just get a tower? Or I'm sorry, plugged into the wall all the time, why not just get a tower? Then what? What's the point of having a a laptop? Portable. You can't bring you can't bring a tower with you to work or out in the field or whatever. Yeah, yep. even a, even a small four factor which you can get a lot more performance in than than even these HX parts. You still have to carry panel. You've got all these. You, you know, it's, yep. it's this big the jumble of wires. Even though these things are you know what seven pounds, you throw in the you throw in the big three hundred and thirty <laughs> watt power brick. Yeah, it's a big brick. You're probably under you know about eight or nine pounds. You know, sub ten. Yeah. That's still a pretty portable package to go somewhere, plug it into the wall, start doing stuff, right? So yeah. that's that's. I, mean, I think that is the key. It's 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 a full package, right? It's the monitor, keyboard. You know, I mean, you probably hook up a mouse. You know, have your own headphones to it, but you know, or controller. Who knows? Well, you need a headphone. Do you think you need a headphone? Oh yeah. <laughs> so so loud. It's pretty loud. That particular unit, and again, it's an engineering sample. Go look at our preview video. Read Elena's story about it on the website, but it's um. It was like, oh, we're we don't care about we don't care about fan noise, basically. <laughs> and I, you know, I know a lot of people like that. They don't get it, but I'm really kind of like, I kind of dig the fact that Intel says like, let's just damn the torpedoes, right? I don't like. <laughs> I'm just tired of your stupid, you know, getting on us about this efficiency. To hell with you, then. We'll just crank it up to like, let's crank it up to eleven because they're like, <laughs> this thing just hammers. I mean. M1 Max, I think the best score we saw out of uh, Macworld was like about 11,400 in Cinebench R23. That's a native M1 app. And this thing was like 21,000, 22,000 almost. Like so, double the performance. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> you know, to hell with your to hell with your efficiency. We're just going to go for it. So it's it's really <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, some people like muscle cars, right? Other oh. people like Teslas. Oh yeah. Uh, but Skeet Sayer uh, in the chat says, uh, "This is not a desktop part, Gordon." Well, it isn't, but it is, right? Because as, as I understand it, Intel says we we took Alder Lake dies and we put them into a desktop, basically. So it's, in fact, these laptops have PCIe five Gen five because the Gen five is validated for desktop, so it's approved for the these HX laptops. But but this isn't socketable. It's not socketable. Yes, yeah. so it's not the classic. You know, really, I mean, when you think desktop replacements of your, you're thinking like a phone book, kind of like, well, a phone book is this, a phone book is this directory of people's phone numbers (laughs) that people used to get and they're really thick. Just in case you don't know. In case you don't Uh, know. And phones are what people used to have that were connected to wires to each other. Uh, That's, (laughs) that's what those are for you uh, younger people. But (laughs) those, those, I should have brought one of those earlier desktop play. I mean, you know, uh, you're, those they were huge. They were huge. They were like, you know, two and a half to almost three, two two and a half to almost three inches thick, and like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you wouldn't want to get hit in the head by one of those things. Doubles as a weapon. Yeah. So, yeah, it's not a desktop, and some of those parts were actually sockable. In fact, there were recently there's a similar desktop replacements. They were built on Horizons. Remember, somebody put a fifty nine fifty X. Whoa! Yeah, I do not. Remember. Yeah, I forget. It's it's a it's a. I think it's a Schenker. It's a European brand, and it is it is a massive, giant desktop replacement. It was a socketable, uh, a fifty nine fifty X built Ryzen that, laptop. It feels like they used to be a lot more common. I remember companies like Origin PC and other boutique builders used to make laptops mm-hmm. that had literally socketed desktops in them, and they yep. were massive, but they massively yep. performed. It feels like it's gone out of style the last few years. Yep. Yeah, it has unfortunately. Um, and this one thing that's it's also worth pointing out with these HX laptops is we will be seeing the return of sort of white book. They're they're calling them are they OEM versions or something? not OEM, but they're 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 you will be able to get system integrator, so Origin and other companies like that that will basically uh, you know buy a you know some of the the shells from a company and then they you know they do the final assembly and the specs based on what you want. And you'll be able to buy them from them. So that's kind of similar, but it won't be a socketed part. So in the socketed parts, unfortunately, laptops went out with Broadwell. Broadwell was the first BGA version for laptops. They went away from sockets. You know, the argument is like nobody ever does these upgrades. And if you why why make a laptop thicker? Why eat that extra thickness just to to do a a socket for the one percent of people that ever swap out a CPU, which I think sucks because I like socketable CPUs in a laptop because you can upgrade them sometimes. But, you know, I, I guess the, probably the last one that was done was Alienware's uh, Area 51M, which was a socketable yeah. uh, 9900K part with a uh, uh, with a custom, uh, custom uh, GeForce card that they made. Yeah. So that was probably the last it's socketable a, one I could think of. It's a pity, too. Like to lose that at the same time, though, given uh, how frequently Intel changes their chipsets <laughs> and motherboards, like I can see why it kind of dropped out. Like it'd be cooler almost to see that from the AMD side of things because of how long the support was. God, that would uh, yeah, that would be kind of a cool right? idea, right? Yeah, yeah. Your, your AM4 socketable laptop part. <laughs> we should do AM5. It yeah. would be if you're listening. 
That would be actually be kind of interesting if, because I was just saying that as you were saying that, like that would be cool. Because if they did, because AMD has this cool. long commitment to the sockets, yeah. you know, I think the. The other limit, the other limitations though, aren't just simply on like Intel. Like, oh, it's it's two years later. Let's let's change let's change coats, right? It, it isn't that. It, it really is also there's real hard limits in the engineering of the motherboard for power delivery. Right. And I guess you would what you could say uh, is you could like well you could design the laptop to be over engineered so you could account for a very very large power envelope. Then that increases the size, the cost, the power consumption. So pretty soon you really are getting to the point where it is barely a laptop. Um, and I don't, I don't know if that's that would make sense, but that would be that would be kind of cool mm-hmm. if it were AMD based. I think yeah. the danger too, because I've seen this twice. Because I, I, I'm a big supporter of upgradable laptops, especially socketable things. I, I love it. I will also say that no one buys them, and every time people make them no one buys them and they go nowhere. Uh. So they get left holding a bunch of laptops. Nobody buys, which kind of sucks. But the other problem is every time companies have tried this, there've been two companies that have tried this. Uh, they've said upgradable laptops. You can upgrade your laptop. They, they basically look at the roadmaps from the vendors and they go like, oh, we designed this envelope. We'll be able to upgrade this laptop. That's what all the engineers say. So they, okay, let's market this as an upgradable laptop. And then the vendors go, oh, by the way, we've decided to go outside what our roadmap said and use more power. Mm-mm. And now you've marketed a laptop that can be upgradable. And in the United States, that basically means, oh, lawsuit time. So both of those vendors did end up in court because people said, oh, you promised me a upgrade and, you know, I couldn't get it. Yep. So... The vendors pretty much, I think, after two failures to be able to do it, have been taught, yeah, let's not even bother to try this because mm-hmm. you get sued and who wants well, to do that? Well, on the plus side, it seems like this uh, HX implementation like takes away some of that pain because it really is impressive how much faster this yeah. 12800HX is compared to even the 12900HK and especially against last uh, mm-hmm. year's stuff. As you said, we've already done a review on it. I landed an article on it. Uh, you can go see the numbers for yourself, read all the numbers, but they're huge. Like, it's faster in content creation tasks than the 12900HK by, like, 30%. And compared to last-gen stuff in the 5900X or HX, it's, like, 50 to 70% faster depending on the task. Like, it's truly amazing. Uh, Intel spent a lot of time talking about how these are ultimate workstation laptops, not gaming laptops. And I think that actually makes a lot of sense because if you look at your numbers, like this is not tangibly faster than even though it's way faster in content creation tasks, it's not tangibly faster in games than the 12900 HK. So if you're looking for the ultimate gaming laptop, I would still recommend probably an HK or H series chip. But these HX things look like bees for people who need big desktop replacements. Yeah. Yeah. And it it makes sense because you, I mean, you generally just don't need, you don't need eight or 16 cores of high performance cores to to run a game unfortunately so you really just need very high boost clocks under you know under a few threads so h h and hk still going to general to do better and and you know this is the this thing hasn't changed you know, put all in in the gpu right i would rather take yeah. a 3080 ti with an h versus a HX with a 3070. It just it just makes yeah. more sense. I, I I will say it is a little confusing For though because I mean it looks like a gaming laptop 
It's got RGB all over the place. You know, <laughs> it's well, got it's got cherry switches for gaming, uh, and the screen. I I mean, for me, screen is number one for content creation. I, that thing doesn't live up. I, I don't care how fast it is. I I need a better screen. So well, that was a pre production. So it was true. It was true. a it was a 1080p 360 hertz um, laptop. The final one will be a 4K. I think 120 hertz. Um, from from MSI, they may have some well, other for ones. Content creation, you definitely don't care about high refresh. Yeah, so. uh, but I I want to say uh, they Intel says like this is a workstation CPU, uh, and a lot of the vendors are going to say, you know what? Um, a lot of customers they see HX, they see best thing better, they see Core i seven literally faster okay. than Core i nine from H series. I want this. So that's why they they are making this, even though it's not being marketed. That this GE seventy seven Titan is clearly a gaming laptop, and I I think people will buy it for gaming, even though. And it does include options up to the thirty eight. Yeah, we we just got the seven. The we got the lowest yeah, end. Yeah, yeah. We got the lowest yeah. end of the Titans, and it was still and whopping. Intel everything. did say, I think in an interview at one point, they said that uh, it's not the best chip for gaming on their stack but it is still great for gaming so i can see why the vendors are leaning into it because we've talked about this before on the show where when you get that high in the stack for laptops um you just kind of throw all the bells and whistles on it because you Mm -hmm. don't want to seem like you're necessarily cheaping out Mm -hmm. and since it's not since the g was it the titan series i don't think they've ever marketed it as like a like a prosumer or a no, content creator no. line, so it's been a they're gonna laptop. they're gonna have to put that RGB on there, Adam. <laughs> yeah, it's not gonna be there. I, I mean, the, it's it's not even TV. just about the looks of it. it for me, it, like I said, it's it's the the panel. Like you know, it, oh. it, to, to oh, take it a, to take it as a, a serious content creation laptop, I would trade a way better panel for for the performance. I don't care how fast it renders. I care to you know have more have more color accuracy, things like that. So, but there's you also have to realize there's definitely people who. They play games, so they want a high-end GPU. They, they don't want to give up on gaming performance, but then most of what they need is more cores. They need 16 yep. older late cores. So, like, I do, say I do, uh, I'm a 3D modeler on the side. I do all that in the daytime on my laptop, and then at night I play games. So that kind of yeah. kind of works. And you can't have a laptop without RGB and play games. Uh, <laughs> uh, B-Maj, friend of the show, B-Maj asks, uh, will we ever see a 27-inch laptop? <laughs> that would be... Very big. You know, <laughs> I let me look. I remember there was that one that'd be, CES. That'd be a mighty big lap. I remember there was that one CES where we saw that laptop Sorry. that had the the really wide screen. Yeah, I'm looking up the uh, model God, I reviewed. Was it was Acer Predator. Did Razer also, also have a project where I think like, it was a they had like X. a bunch of screens that came out? Yep, 21X. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, and it had two two of those 30 watt power bricks, right? <sighs> Yeah, that yeah. Was I remember, just... I was in San Francisco and we got that in. I had to help Melissa unbox it because it was a two-person lifting it out of the box. Uh, doing that that thing was—I was, don't know how big the screen was, but it was ultra wide. It was a twenty-one. So well, it was a Acer Predator twenty-one X. You can I'll, let me drop the review in the um, in the Slack channel for you, Adam. All right. But it was basically <laughs> an amazing overkill laptop. I love this thing because I, I appreciate mm-hmm. the fact that. You do some crazy things like this. It was nine thousand dollars. Nine. I mean, do you put a price tag on like? Um, and it just said it, it had a. Crazy. It you had can a, nine thousand dollars. It had a special uh, little little 
thing to hold the two power bricks together. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, so you have to realize it was a wide aspect ratio, 21 inch screen. That and it was, was curved, curved yeah. <laughs> with and mechanical keyboard, like full mechanical Why keyboard. Have you that again? I, I don't know. What I know is it came 9, in a custom rolling case. Yeah. So you bought yeah. this laptop. It actually came in a custom. Uh, I mean, I guess I could afford to give you the case. Well, I don't think it was actually a. It wasn't a real like OtterBox, you know, which would be like you know nine million dollars. It was. I mean, a Pelican. It wasn't a real Pelican yeah. case. It was. You know, but it was. A, it was a pretty heavy duty rolling case, like a Pelican case. You put the laptop in. It had all the cutouts for the power bricks. Wow. I mean, the thing was crazy. Makes sense. And you know, it had a full size, full full mechanical keyboard, which. Uh, it wasn't the first time it was done. Um, MSI had done it a couple of years earlier, and, and actually I have a laptop that goes back to the 1980s that had a mechanical keyboard on it, but uh, it was a it was a small run. I think they only made 200 or something. It was like yeah, a really small run. Yeah. And basically I think they did the math like, we make 200 of these, how much would it cost? Well, it would cost $8,500 probably, and if they make 200 of them just to make and sell, they would still break even but i don't know exactly how much it cost but i can tell you it was it wasn't cheap to make one you know that that few laptops it was i thought it was a really kind of cool business model where you just make a very small run of laptops yeah and it would for an exorbitant amount of money so yeah and we were talking to them and they were saying like yeah if we do this yeah it's very high priced yeah very small numbers but it lets us try out this cool new stuff that we can then use like trickle down in the rest of the lineup like get experience with this stuff yeah that was fun uh yeah desktop replacements they're uh it's kind of heating back up huh i I guess uh especially well you know and and if you think about it too you know uh 2020 a lot of people getting laptops uh you know this is probably the cycle the time in the cycle where those plans were first put in place like oh crap we need we need to get some more desktop replacement laptops out there you know it takes a while to get a product cycle going so i maybe this lines up with you know that thinking i wonder if it's also the, the part of it is like the people who need portable workstations and, you know, laptops like this, they're on the move a lot. Like a lot of traveling nurses, like they'll go and they'll work in a city for two months and they yep. want to bring their gaming computer with them or a lot of soldiers put them in their, you know, foot lockers and the laptop goes in there nice and small and doesn't take a lot. Those are the people that I've heard who really kind of like mm-hmm. fit this kind of like, although most soldiers are probably not buying uh, $4,000 laptop. Uh, you'd be surprised. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of, a lot of people share their, yeah, share their yeah. laptop. Yeah. No, I know. It's just I mean, a lot of money. You have nothing else to do. Like, <laughs> if you're stuck on a base, I mean, it makes sense to invest in something that, you know, you're yeah. going to use and it'll keep you occupied. How does that work, though, when, like, if you're a soldier and you got to go somewhere and, like, you're playing a game? So, like, you know how when you're playing games now, you, you can't just quit. You just close the lid. You don't close the <laughs> lid because then you're quitting on your team. <laughs> you're just like AFK and you have like uh, something that jiggles the mouse so you don't get booted for inactivity. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I was just thinking like, oh, we got to we gotta go. Sarge, I can. I got go, 20 go, more go. minutes in this game. Yeah. That's what my kids are always like. I need 20 more minutes. No, I do that too. Yeah. Like Lindsay's like, hey, I got dinner ready. It's still warm. And I'm like, oh, this like, match right? is almost over. I promise. <laughs> and the problem is people who don't play games don't understand. They're like, they you're just because... Like, they're playing games like they're playing Tetris or something like that, or Wordle, and they consider that gaming. Well, you could just put it in standby. It's like, that's not how it works. You know, that's just not, that's not how it works. Yeah. Uh, well, you, you know what does work, Gordon? What? 
SK Hynix and VME SSDs. Uh, I, I've been since our, since SK Hynix last sponsored the show and some builds and stuff. I, I've been using the SK Hynix P31 and S31 in the rig uh, at, at at home uh, after we had built it. Those those things have been rock solid. I'm I'm not I'm not reviewing them. There, you know, it's it's just anecdotally I've been using them and, and they've held up well. Uh, we did build a uh, a new production rig with 12th gen 12th gen and a 3080 Ti for a DaVinci Resolve and uh, oh and other things, not just DaVinci mm-hmm. Resolve. It'll work for plenty of things as well. Uh, uh, but yeah, we I, I put a couple of SK Hynix Platinum P41 SSDs. So the, these are Gen 4 now. So switching over to Gen 4 uh, and moving around large files. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm probably going to feel it. So I'm, I'm excited to try it out. Uh, I tell you what, you didn't review it, but we actually did a review of that mm-hmm. SSD today, which... Oh had nothing to do whatsoever with the sponsorship our ssd reviewer had gotten the thing as part of his regular thing and he finds that it absolutely rocks it won our editor's choice award uh it's just a lick slower than the absolutely fastest pcie gen 4 ssds but it costs quite a bit less so that's an excellent combination uh Hmm. so today you know four and a half stars editor's choice award Nice. Okay. Well, yeah, I yeah. I had no idea that was that was not planned. Uh, but I will say, if you want to grab, yeah, if if you want to grab a platinum P forty one, please check out the link in the description. It is uh, trackable. Uh, that that's how you know they're they're gonna track to to say if the the sponsorship went well. So if you if you are in the market and you would like to get one, please use the link. We would appreciate it. Uh, but you know, just want to give you a heads up that that it is that it is tracking. Uh, and yeah, it's it's purple. You know, the, the last color scheme was yellow. This one's purple, if you like purple. Cool. cool. I like purple. Adam, if you were uh, a good place for a brand new SK Hynix uh, Gen 4 drive, feels mm-hmm. like it might be uh, in an HEDT system. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that, that's what you would think. You know, you want... You want Transition. Yeah, you want the high-end desktop part. But, Gordon, I've I've heard... I, there This this kind of sprung up in a lot of places. Because Gordon, when I first brought this up, Gordon was like, wait, why are we talking about this? It's not dead. And I and I was like, well, actually, uh, I just saw some fine folks over on Discord bring that up recently. Uh, there, there was a nice chatter over there of like, wait, is, is it truly dead? I mean, Gordon, what do, what do you think? Well, I, you don't seem to think it's dead. I don't understand. Well, because there have been rumors of, you know, Alder Lake X... Um, coming out later this year, so I, that's why I'm. Um, it's, I'm it's rumors. I, I think it's more like when was the last time Threadripper was kind of a big deal. Sure, we saw Threadripper Pro refresh earlier this year, but that was very, you know, that was OEM only. It's very select. It's not coming so, separately. So you know, people basically think that high end for people who don't know, high end desktop um, is dead because. There has that there hasn't been service there from Intel or AMD. Is that the there's, main reason? There's yeah. There's a couple different reasons. We actually had a piece right on this today too. This is oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I totally forgot about that. Uh, and he's making a video was, about it too. So that's yeah. It's another thing. Piece on it. Yeah. Uh, that was actually in the works before a week or two ago. Puget Systems boutique builder Puget Systems actually did a big post talking about where all the HEDT parts. Yep. Uh, the issues people are having is basically both DIY Threadripper parts, which are Threadripper 3000 still, as well as Intel's own Core X Extreme Edition chips. They haven't been touched since 2019. And according to Puget Systems, like 15 to 25% of their workstations 
we're still being Threadripper because people need the expanded memory capacity. People need all the extra PCIe lanes, stuff like that. Uh, and in the last month or two, they are completely unable to source Threadripper parts DIY anymore. Uh, Threadripper Pro 5000 is out, but you can only get those in select Lenovo pre-built workstations. So right now, there's really no high-end desktop options out there for people who would want to buy them. And they're three years longer than two even if you were in that market. Well, I think the other part of it, too, is that, like, hey, when Threadripper came out, it was like, oh, my God, look at all these cores. And now, mm-hmm. I mean, with the 5950X, with the 12900K, I mean, we're, we're, we're getting more a lot more cores than most people probably even yep. need. So it, it's kind of, I, I think it's it's both ends, right? The, the, the top and the bottom kind of eating into it. Like, honestly, I mean, for me, maybe it's just more like, what is high-end desktop? I mean, what is HDDT? I mean, I, I would almost consider 12900K that, I mean, it's a lot of, it doesn't mean cores, doesn't mean PCI lanes. Like, we just did that build, and I was just like, oh, I've got all these PCI lanes on Alder Lake. Like, you know. I Yeah, no, I, I hear you, because it's, it's long been hard to justify buying uh, that high core count CPU for most people. And it never, it never really made sense because the, both companies really marketed it to that both to, you know, actually consumers in a lot of way. But I think it, it, they were mostly halo parts, right? For you market it because you want people to get excited and jazzed for, for the platform, for, for the PC. So it just, it keeps people excited about it for practical purposes. It really is, was best for somebody you know who really needed the core count so it, it didn't make sense for a normal person to buy one but for the person who could or needed it it, it was totally worth it and i i i would i would uh, i would say i this is just a normal pc problem where we we start hand wringing because oh my god there hasn't been a part in three years it must be dead but i don't i don't i just don't get that because you don't have to introduce these parts every 12 to 18 months. They're clearly extremely expensive. They're incredibly small volume. They don't sell a lot of these parts. The motherboards are stupidly expensive. The power supplies to run them are expensive. Everything is expensive associated with it. And I say all that, but I, I'm, I'm certain there will be still parts. Well, there will be chips here. I, I'm just looking because I was like, I couldn't understand where this is coming from because Here's a hot hardware story written by Paul Lilly. Hey, Paul, how's it going? Um, all, Intel Alder Lake X with, Hello. with no, up to 56 cores allegedly coming to throw down with Threadripper. That was a story uh, Paul wrote on hot hardware in April. So, yeah. And part of that is because ADA64 release notes, preliminary support for Intel Alder Lake X CPUs. Well, hopefully, hopefully that we do indeed start seeing updated refreshes of both extreme edition and Threadripper, because there is a market for it like you're saying their niche but puget systems is here saying hey here's you know all of our sales data from january 2020 through now and Threadripper systems peaked at 35 percent of all workstation sales but it's been a consistent 15 to 20 percent of their sales and now it's just dropped off the face of the earth they say that uh, you know their customers need the cores. They don't necessarily need to step up to full blown works like Epic Class and uh, Xeon because those cost a whole lot more. Right. Mm. But they need more cores. They need the PCIe expansion. They need the memory stuff. And right now, like there's no options for those people right now. So that's why all that talk is going around. I 
I'm honestly a little surprised that people are, are talking about this uh, without remembering that we've been in a pandemic for the last yeah. two what? years. Mm-hmm. So, I I mean, it, to me, it makes kind of sense that it could just be tabled for now because, mm-hmm. you know, they wanted to redirect their resources to what they knew they could sell, like how much available silicon there was, you know, the, the judging the demand that was out there. And maybe it's just that it's just severely delayed because you know all the global supply woes that have been happening. Yeah. And then plus both yeah. companies have been very, very busy on mobile. They've been ver- busy on mm. server. They have been busy on yeah. desktop. They've been busy. You know, I, I just don't, I don't understand how we just get from like, yeah, the, it's a long cycle to immediately it's dead though i i i don't i mean it wasn't that long though they were actually the fiber was coming out what every two years for a bit so yeah, two years and yeah. it was just like look we gave you double the cores now yeah, it's double more like, and it was just like oh my god yeah. <laughs> just drop the mic it was mind-blowing yeah yeah but i go from that to this long delay i can see why people are like well yeah I, I agree 100% with everything y'all are saying. I think the fact that they do have to prioritize certain chips over others is probably a big part of this. But uh, it doesn't change the fact that for people who are actually looking to buy systems right now, yes, you can get a 16-core Alder Lake or Ryzen 7000 system, but then you don't get all that expandability. And if you yeah. need that expandability, your only option right now is to step up to a server class, workstation class. Yeah. Thing. Those are ridiculously priced. How how important is the the memory the was ECC memory for that kind of like uh, class of work? You mean the I I mean Threadripper could run non EC RAM, so it's it's always important to have as an option for some people who want it. Uh, and you, you, need will, it you need it. You will get yeah, okay. into arguments with people who say you everybody should be running ECC. In fact, they're saying literally right now cosmic rays are inducing errors into our laptops and all the computers here because Wait, really oh crap we're okay, not Kyrie running ecc ram but how do you know if there's oh, errors being induced so every pixel or every bit is being moved around you don't know you so that's don't. what happens when i make a mistake here on the show like the music plays or something like it's it's because i don't yeah have ECC that's it. RAM. it's actually in your brain pushing it up but there's you know there ecc ram is is very important there's a real reason for some people to have it i think the the ECC crowd overstates it's it's having to have it sometimes. It's just like I my argument has long been, you know, I think you know eight billion computers built without ECC RAM generally being fine is 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 proof that not everybody really has to have it. But so it gets you gets you get down the rabbit hole of saying whether you need ECC or not. But the density you definitely need the density because I mean although we're gonna get to 128 gigs on DDR5 systems really soon right so <laughs> but you know we live this this is not in a world where people are, we've gone far enough we don't need to go further i'm sure somebody will want you know half a terabyte or a terabyte of ram in their workstation machine well uh question uh, two questions uh one of them from me um what what's so what's the rumors on the the sapphire rapids is a is it going to make friend of the show dr ian cutris happy and it's just going to be like 64 e cores <laughs> I th- yeah I, I'm it's basically what Sa- I what are they saying it's it's basically Sapphire Rapids oh no wait uh, I didn't read all I'm oh, sorry Alder Lake X isn't that what uh, rumored that Alder Lake X could be offered with up to 56 cores across four dies so they would all be they would all be performance cores most likely yeah. 
See, yeah, and, and Dr. Ian Cutrus wants all He wants all course. e-course. Yeah. yeah, that'd be interesting. Uh, and then uh, the... <laughs> go for it. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say a uh, question from the chat from Stefan, front of the show for Stefan, asked, uh, is uh, HEDT CPUs uh, in servers um, more Intel or AMD based? Do we do we know if AMD was able to kind of crack crack into that? It, it's still primarily Intel, but AMD has been making some big inroads in servers. Yeah, it's all gravy for AMD. Every, I mean, the, they have far more uh, market share in servers than they they've had in a long 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 time so probably ever ever uh they did pretty well in the optron days but i guess probably not okay i mean the plus i imagine the amount of compute consumption is is way higher now because everybody's always buying everything all the time up there but um they are making a a ton of money off servers so and and it's again that's it's just gravy because they've never they haven't had that that uh revenue before well and it sounds like a uh, friend of the show mr seven digits says uh google google cloud will be using the new epic chips i, I don't know yeah. i've seen about that uh also um speak of the devil uh tiago from uh, classical technologies uh, he's here he's yeah. he's in the show welcome in the chat. Uh, yeah glad to have you here uh he, he's the one who wrote the article go to p it's, it's in the top of pcworld.com go check it out uh, good article we're gonna make a video of it too i'll get back to you on that chat uh <laughs> you know but i i do it's a it's a good story to read but do you think i don't want to get it i i do believe though it is dead to most of us i none of us in this room needs more than 16 cores so does that make it well, dead it, it tiago made add- Go ahead. I was going to say, is it really dead to Adam and people who are doing the video work on our team? Well, I, I, it, it was a legit look. I did look at Threadripper for this streaming box because I was like, you know what? I, I could, I, w- I want to go all out. I want to want the cores. Uh, once again, the 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 problem I had was the compatibility with Blackmagic capture cards. Mm-hmm. I've, I've seen problems with that, and then some of the software I use, like the the streaming software we use right now, is Livestream Studio. There's some people saying that you know the Threadripper support was was not great there. So it was just like, okay, mm-hmm. I, I think That's you know better. for for those prosumer kind of things, you know, because we're not running any any high end gear here. Like a lot of the prosumer stuff just is not tailor made for Threadripper. Uh, so yeah, I'm just kind of I do. So think- it, it gave me pause. It probably would have been fine, but it you know. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like the original. Puget, Puget definitely recommends them. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely for expansion capabilities, it's worth it. But I just think for most normal people, I mean, workstations one thing, but in Puget, that's what they do. They sell workstations primarily. I I just think that, like I would agree in a lot of ways because the performance you're getting out of 12th gen and and Ryzen, you know, 5950X is like what what? Yep. How could you ever justify that for a regular person? So. Tiago made some good points in his uh, article. He made many good points. Hi, Tiago. Uh, but one of them being that high-end desktop used to be not just the pinnacle of workstation builds, but also gaming builds. Like, if you wanted the best gaming thing back in the day, you would go for HEDT. But that's really not true anymore. So it really does seem like it's it's died down for that. That was a significant portion of the crowd, and I don't think it's there anymore. Yeah. I mean, a six-core golf town was HEDT back then, right? So, <laughs> and, the, yep. you know, you small sockets were four cores. Big socket was, you know, six, and then that was sort of expanded to eight. And then mm-hmm. it sort of like, it got a little crazy with the arms war because they started pushing more and more higher core counts and crazy things. I I wonder if there should be more space. It should be like, you know, six, uh, sub-20, 24 small sockets is 
everything for consumers. And then sort of like you just like, let's skip that like 32 core, 40-ish range. Let's go all the way up to where you're to the 50 to 60 core range. So you sort of like crank it all the mm. way up. Yeah. No. Hopefully it comes back. Hopefully. Uh, and uh, man, if, if I would have been smart, I would have put the fourth topic after this one because it kind of leads into it, but whatever. Uh, I didn't plan. It's <laughs> Friday. So uh, just we're going to transition into GPUs. Uh, I, I have nothing fun there, but I will say that I was in... Um, uh, the, the closest Best Buy to me was in uh, Emeryville. Uh, I went there over the weekend, and I was like, you know, I'm going to stop by the, the P- PC building cage over there at Best Buy. I've, I've heard, you know, a lot of places be like, oh, yeah, GPUs are are, are stocked everywhere. People are sending, sending photos of, like, a, a micro centers just being fully stocked with GPUs and, uh, you know, uh, in other places like... Um, uh, I can't think of the, the name of the other place, but uh, anyway, the so I, I, I have a photo here. You guys are just going to have to look on the stream, but uh, I took a picture of, of the cabinet, uh, and they only had five GPUs, and they were all RTX 2060s. Uh, they did have some CPUs, some SSDs, some... Wow. 2060s? 2060s, yeah. I was just like, so I, you know, I... I like I, I just popped in real quick, and I, I, I should have like went over to somebody and been like, "Hey, you know what? What's inventory been like?" Uh, but also, I was just surprised because I, I expected, especially with all this talk of like, uh, there's an overabundance of GPUs and prices going down. That that, that a local Best Buy, I, I judge a local Best Buy as being like kind of the the place to be. Like, oh, okay, then it's 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 really uh really a lot of <laughs> a lot of stuff there. So it's not too bad. The fact that they had any GPUs is better than nothing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, I mean, I, I, it was it was just interesting. I, I, I poked in, and I, I expected to see better than that. I expected to see better than that. You know what I didn't see in that box, Adam? Oh, I don't know. Please tell me. I didn't see any RTX 40 series cards in there. Yeah. I thought uh, it's supposed to be out by now. It's uh, July. Well, that's funny, because I, mean, I, I feel be like... Here, like I feel like uh, uh, both Keith and I have talked about this where I was like, nah, I don't think 40 series is coming anytime soon. Like, I, I, you know, like maybe by the end of the year. But Gordon was like, oh, yeah, it doesn't matter. You know, they can just announce it next month at, 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 at Computex. You know, they, they don't even have to launch it. They just want to announce it. But this this new report from Igor's lab uh, says otherwise, huh? Brad, do you want to sum yeah. it up for us? Yeah, sure. Uh so yeah, we were talking about that recently about all the rumors about these potentially launching in July, uh, and they still could do that. But Igor, who you he's a awesome, awesome. What is he? Germany? Yeah, Germany-based yeah, Germany. testing site. He used to run Tom's Hardware Germany before he went solo. He's got legit sources. Uh, he put out an article this week saying the reason we aren't seeing all sorts of performance uh, estimates and stuff like that for the forty series yet is because. Vendors still don't actually have the chips in hand to create their own custom cards and stuff like that. It's still in the electrical and thermal design guide, bill of materials release kind of stages of things. And they still have a lot of work ahead as far as engineering, validation, design, validation, all kinds of other stuff like that. So it's according to his sources, it's not looking like the RTX 40 series is going to launch anytime soon because this this stuff takes a few months if it is indeed where he is at. Uh, if it's indeed where he's saying they're at based on his sources. So, and I was actually, once those rumors came out, I started asking around some folks I know and I was hearing, 
I can't say too much, but I was hearing roughly the same thing. Like, I don't expect to see cards in July, based on what I'm hearing from folks either. But or even an announcement. Go- I I think what what Gordon was saying is like, oh, they could announce it, and then you know, like, yeah. just to to pull the the rug out from under AMD or Intel. But and then not have any cards. But also, I mean, they they got burned pretty pretty bad last time they did that. So, and if they, yeah, they did that with the thirty ninety Ti. Uh, Igor makes that point. And if if they do indeed still have all this engineering design, working sample validation stuff to go on, uh, it would be hard for them to even announce it because they can't be a hundred percent sure of the final frequencies and stuff like that until they have it all mm-hmm. wrapped up. So basically, fall a fall launch is looking like it. Probably. Probably assuming all the stuff is true. Yeah. So that probably means standalone. Once E three. I mean, there's no E three. There is no E three technically, but uh, I do know people are going to be gathering or are gathering right now in L A. From what I can tell, so that's happening. Summer Games Fest and stuff. It's happening right now. I I guess the argument would be they don't even need anything anymore. Well, they don't need a trade show. Nobody needs a trade show to launch it, especially something as big as uh, 4,000 series. They can can do it anytime they want. Oh, yeah. And people tune into the stream and and it's done. It's just, you gotta do it when you're... Also, I, I still think, like... It would be such a bad look right now, like with all these. I mean, sure, maybe I didn't see it at my local Best Buy, but you know, there are plenty of reports of lots of GPUs out there. Prices continuing to drop. You know, if if they get stuck with all these GPUs on shelves, and then Nvidia's like, oh yeah, by the way, forty thousand series. You know, companies yeah. are not going to like that. <laughs> no, uh, across the board, the whole supply chain would would not like that. Consumers might, because then it'll drive prices down. But it just, yep. I mean, so it sounds realistic then. It, um, Clearly, people jumped the gun when everybody were saying it's it's imminent. When they started saying there were a lot of reports based on in the last right in the last week or two, there's been a bunch of them. Yeah, that is imminent, but it, it's it sounds like it's clearly not imminent. So that's 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 I guess that's better. Do you do you just go like, well, you know what, I'm going to buy a card now. I'm not going to wait. It depends on the price. Like uh, Keith said in his recent video, like I've been saying, like paying MSRP for a card that's two years old at this point is hard. But on the flip side, <laughs> if you've been str- struggling real hard to get a card for two years, you can find what you want for MSRP. Like you have no idea what tomorrow holds at this point yeah. in the electronics market. <laughs> also, the trend has not been to hold to the previous generation's MSRPs. So <laughs> even though it's two years out and you'd be paying msrp for that that doesn't mean you'd be saving any money or you know uh how do i put this you would not be paying that same price for the newer technology most likely so you'd still kind of face this conundrum of okay will i save some money by going older or do i just pony up the cash for newer yeah uh also (laughs) so yesterday uh a friend of the show on on discord duke nukem uh, sorry, I'm not going to get you there. Um, posted a uh, XFX Speedster Merc uh, 319 Radeon RX 6900 XT on, uh, it was a slick deals uh, on Newegg for $900. Mm-hmm. Yep. 6900 XT for $900. That's a lot of power for $900. Uh, I don't know what MSRP is for the 6900 XT. Do you remember, Brad? It was a thousand bucks. Okay. Yep. So I mean, so. and that that was for reference versions, the higher mm-hmm. end uh, custom versions like that Quickster Merc, which I believe I reviewed. If I didn't review the sixty nine hundred XT version, I reviewed the sixty eight hundred XT, and it rocks. Yeah. So having that hundred dollars under MSRP is great. 
Yeah, that one was like twelve hundred. What I wanted to say. Probably. Yeah. Twelve fifty. Oh yeah. yeah it's a nice... Let me see if Slick Steel still says it. Oh, it's expired. Yeah. I see. Uh, well, I, I have to ask some legitimate buying advice. Should I buy this GTX 1080 Ti for buy now for four hundred dollars? It's a pretty good price. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, that's twelve hundred dollars. The MSRP for that card. Wait, you would or wouldn't? Sorry, no. no we're would, talking I, about the Merc. Yeah, yeah, the, the, the Merc. So it's three hundred dollars <laughs> off MSRP. Anyway, sorry. That's pretty good, actually. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Don't get your hopes up for RTX 40 series in July. It might still happen. Who knows? Like maybe they can get to the point where they can make the announcement, like we were saying before, to try to preempt Intel Arc. But I wouldn't expect to see cards anytime soon. It almost feels like Nvidia mm-hmm. at this point just list. They're just gonna. A lot of them worry about Intel at this point and just do new cards. Yeah. Well. I agree. I think part of the reason that I think I said this in a recent show, part of the reason we're seeing such a big flood of cards on the market right now is because they were gearing up to do a shock and awe kind of thing. Because this was when ARC was originally supposed to launch. Uh, But yeah, at this point, ARC's not going to be the mid-range card it thought it was going to be, I think, when it comes out. (laughs) But also, to be fair, 40 series, when it gets announced, is probably going to be the higher end parts anyway. Uh, Yeah. The rumors are saying forty ninety to start, and then forty eighty, forty seventy. But I, I do wonder where that. The lead, it feels like it's going to leave Arc in an even worse place because they were always rumored to be in the thirty seventy range in performance, mm-hmm. and everybody expected well, that two years ago. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to really come down to price now. Mm-hmm. Like that's what's going to make or break it for them. Well, then actually, maybe this is a play by Intel to to. Uh, to actually drive down the prices right now for 30 series because even if they come out higher with 40 series all these 30 series cards are going to be sitting there at lower prices so even if arc tries to <laughs> to come out and match it they're like well you got 40 series that, that beats it but it's more expensive or you got 30 series that matches it and it's cheaper there you go yeah Who but knows? i i wonder if that that then the the pricing pressure pushes 3080s down and if it can't compete with 3080 3080 TIs, of course, who knows what it's going to. Well, cost. I know that that's what I'm saying. Like, if a 3080 launches at what the Arc 3070 equivalent would be, then yeah, I mean, <laughs> right. So then, yeah. what do they do? Do they? Do they? I don't know. Then it just feels like know. you go with just selling it to OEMs. It's gonna be very yeah. It's gonna be very interesting to see what they do because of this since this is like with their first launch and forever, they're probably also gonna have to be very careful about the perception they set by what price point they set, right? Yeah. So I think they've actually got themselves in quite a bind, I feel yeah. like. Yeah, it's pretty rough. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of that's just because there's no parts. Because it would have mm-hmm. been an instant hero twelve months ago. But yep. now people six months ago. Six months even six months ago, right? Yeah. I don't know where I don't know where it's gonna fall at this point. There's definitely content creation, those kind of other stuff you could maybe argue for it, but gaming is always what moves eyeballs. So, I mean, I, I think the the only, I mean, it's probably not where they're going to go, but the only place gaming wise is is low end. You know, a forty eighty. If if Intel can come out with the new forty eighty, where it's just like, oh man, forty eighty is like one hundred twenty bucks. You get three free games. You know, sweet. Okay, I just, I just don't know? think. But yeah, like they're I, probably not going to want to go there. <laughs> Yeah, I just don't think that's how it's. You gonna... mean like a 480 or? F- I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 480. Yes. Okay, RX sorry. 480. It's a Friday. Sorry. I'm like, wait a second. Not 480. I'm sorry. So many numbers. <laughs> well, I mean, so if it becomes the new, you know, champion RX 480, uh, could they get themselves into trouble by dumping these cards? Because everybody is like, you're gonna go. Well, you're gonna. They're gonna push out Arc. 
Was it Battle Mage? I forget which one this was. Mm-hmm. So the next Arc, one. This we'll, one's Alchemist. So we're looking at maybe 30, 70-ish range. People are like, oh, well, you're going to have to dump them. I don't know if they can dump them and then not get into trouble too because that, you know, Intel's always sort of like in that sort of problematic spot with regulators, and I wonder if that's an issue for them. But I don't know what the hell they do now because it's just like, where has it been, man? Where has it been? I just... It's- it's a rough spot. However, I do think before we get too down on it, like AMD has taken took a while to get to where they are with the Radeon series, so it doesn't necessarily mean that they're out for the you know for the of whole. Of course, of course, yeah. Battle. And even if this part doesn't blow everybody's socks off, Intel, unlike the previous attempts, they just simply can't go home. Like, oh, let's just, we're, we can't do this because they, the future is to compete with NVIDIA and AMD here. So they have to do it. So it, I do, people, yeah. people think they're just going to take the ball and go home. It's not going to happen. They're going to, they're going to stick mm-hmm. around. But I, I think definitely our expectations are definitely very tempered now, right? Well, I will say if yeah. they do continue to lean into content creation, I mean, that is one spot where I'm like, hey, I, I have a box that's just work-based and there is legitimate reason to get an arc for work over gaming like maybe gaming it's like oh no for work it's it's worth a look you know that that could be something we'll see we'll see i kind of almost software optimization right i want a pc that has all three cores (laughs) actually all four so i what i want is i want quick sync i guess you'll get that through arc though so if you get quick sync through arc so i want arc i want geforce and radeon because like you just don't know which different apps you kind of like right. oh well this application does best on this one and you just kind of switch to the best best processor for that that application that'd yeah. be you, you can probably pull that off in a hedt platform there you go yeah try you could. trial slide have I enough like, i feel like we're, we're getting insight into how you would redesign atx <laughs> well, it'd be pluggable GPU sockets or something. I don't know. Yeah, no, that yeah, she's talking about failure. That's like that's funny. Uh, well, we do uh, real quick before we move on. We do have a super chat from uh, James uh, Cagney. Uh, the twenty five dollars. Thank you so much. Wow, I really appreciate it. it says, uh, how long will there? How long will the twelve gigs of VRAM be good for? They just got a Red Devil uh, sixty seven hundred XT. Uh, and it has they got the twelve gigs instead of eight gig thirty seventy, uh, and they like that the drivers are open source. Uh, how how long do you think twelve gigs is going to service them for the lifetime of that card? You'll be all right. Yeah. Oh yeah. I definitely. think there might be games if like if you're playing at four K with everything cranked to the absolute max, there might be like the next generation Doom game will have its version of nightmare settings. You might have to crank that back, but practically speaking, that'll be totally fine. That definitely. Uh, and then uh, uh, Eternal Duoe gave us uh, five euros. Thank you so much, a friend of the show. said, uh, just remember that the 4M figure for ARC was encompassing all SKUs plus laptop. They were never going to be many discrete desktop parts. So. Yep. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Uh, speaking of desktop parts, that's it, Gordon. Uh, four cores can pack it up and go home. Six cores is the new normal. Yeah, isn't that crazy? This is based on the latest Steam survey, I think, right? Yep, yep. May 2022. And, hardware survey. And I want to point out here, because uh, I know uh, people who follow the Steam survey will say, well, it's really unpredictable, the results you get there. I, so the caveat is it's not like an actual survey. It does seem very random. 
So, um, but you mean, and they've never actually explained their methodology behind it. There's all kinds of things, but it is something that they've been putting out month after month for years now. Right. So take that. So just understand it's not a a total, you know, 100% insight into people's computers, but six cores are now the dominant CPU, right? Yeah. This month for the first time ever, last month, I guess it is, uh, six core CPUs are now in the lead. They have 33.60% of uh they're in founded 33.60% of all steam surveyed systems whereas four core CPUs are down to 33.2 so for the first time ever quad cores have been dethroned wow and on top of those six cores having the biggest thing eight core CPUs are good for another 18.68% so between six and eight core CPUs that's over half the steam market now that's impressive that's crazy uh, but it, it also, you know, and I wish they would break it out with, uh, <clears throat> these are, are th- these are not laptops? Are these just desktops or does it include everything? Laptops? Everything. Oh, okay. So, everything. yeah. So, I mean, and laptops, I, think- I mean, you gotta, you gotta assume laptops make a, a good chunk of this too. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yep. but yeah, I mean, it, there's, you know, six core CPUs are actually pretty common in even budget gaming laptops these days. And then of course you have Ryzen on the other side where you're getting eight cores, in uh, thin and lights, so wow, thirty three percent. Yeah, it's so. Hey, we're officially here in the six and eight core era, which is great. Uh, I think a couple of interesting things to pull out of there is just how slow it takes for mass adoption to change in the PC industry. Because you know, the first gen Ryzen parts came out five years ago at this point. You know, democratizing all these cores, and it's taken five years for it to become the dominant CPU core count, and People are always asking, when is that going to be the new standard that developers target for, six cores, eight cores? And I think the fact that quad cores still have a third of the market shows it's still got a ways yet. Yeah. Developers don't, they don't switch overnight. They want to sell to everybody from two cores to 16 cores. So it's it's not going to change overnight for PC gaming. But it's getting better. It's getting far better than it ever has been before. Oh yeah, this is this is all great stuff for people. I think fifty percent, fifty percent of people, six or eight cores. That's great. Yeah, I yeah. I, I will say there's. Um, sorry to tell you this, Gordon, but if you scroll down, and you look at the physical CPUs for for OS ten for Mac. Uh, the majority, thirty nine percent, are on eight cores. So man, we're we're lagging behind the Mac. Wait, what? I gotta. Let me find <laughs> yeah, because they, they they break it up between Windows OS ten and, and Linux. Linux, the majority is only four cores. Oh man, Peter, well you got to explain this to us. <laughs> a lot of people are throwing Linux on their older boxes. <laughs> there you go. But <laughs> yeah, no, that that is uh you know and yeah, man, I I wonder also if like that thirty that fifty six hundred X thirty six hundred you know like if if that is like like definitely the the sweet spot for people picking up CPUs. I, I don't know what the Intel equivalent is that has six cores, but is it an i5? Yeah, twelve six hundred K, twelve four is it four hundred K? Twelve four hundred. Yeah. I do want to point out though that like it's not like four core is like dead. Like the no. percentage difference is what. Point four percent at most. Yeah. Well, actually, a little less than that. It's always been within um, about one percent of it for the yeah. past couple months. So. so, 
I, I think for me, this is more interesting because now that we're starting to see that change, it, I'm kind of wondering how quickly we'll see it continue to trend that way. If it's still going to be that slow kind of progression that you were talking about, Brad, or if there's just going to be this kind of sudden sea change at some point where it just goes and it just yeah. kind of takes off. I wouldn't be surprised if whether or not GPUs continue to be widely available makes a difference because I think there's a lot of people looking to upgrade still. And when they do, they're going to be getting those six and eight core chips. Yeah. I'm also wondering if it's going to be influenced by when video game development really starts taking advantage of more cores. Consoles have eight cores. (laughs) Gordon, we're still we're still two cores behind consoles, Gordon, and two cores behind Mac. What the hell? Actually, you know what? This is horrible news. (laughs) Yeah, I, you also have to realize that you're talking about there's still nine, you know, ninety percent of the world runs uh, Windows PCs. PCs, so I, it's, it takes a, you have a much much larger market, so it's it's, it's not a big deal. You've sold a lot of consoles, Gordon. I kind of think that de- I I wonder if developers are going to get to the point where they really use all these. these there will at some point. I still think it's slower going than most people hope for. Yeah, I mean, that's good news for people hanging on to budget hardware, too, though, mm-hmm. or can only afford budget hardware. It's just that, you know, we've had, you know, eight eight cores on console for how long now? What is it, original Xbox something, something? Well, I mean... Well, those are Jaguar cores. Yeah. I know. There's a difference between real eight cores, or actual eight cores, and, like... It was like eight E cores. Calling it eight cores. <laughs> yeah, it was like eight they, E cores. Yeah, they were like eight <laughs> E cores, but I... Worse than eight E cores, Not eight P cores. Yeah. I think the... But, but the problem is, I've F been cores. hearing the, the, the narrative of, oh, well, because consoles have eight cores, it will benefit the PC. It's like, it's been, like, years. And like, I ain't seen the benefit, really. It has. There's a lot more games that are that are using more cores than they used to. Like, it definitely is, you know, like, well, also, the open world games, the racing games that we see these days. Also, I, I thought uh, they would, um, in the console at least, they would designate one or two of the cores for uh, system overhead so like yes. the games still only effectively had like six cores well but i mean even there it's yeah it, it's six but i'm just saying it, even it feels like we are it's a long way from us getting to the point where game developers go we're gonna run all these you know threads for you know physics sound whatever stuff or or we're gonna run them on games actually there was a demo i saw i was actually kind of impressed it, I saw it. Intel was in New York, and they showed me a laptop running Alder Lake in this game. I have to ask them what the game was, but they had it was specifically tuned for Alder Lake mix of E cores and P cores. Where I mean, it had it used a lot of threads, but the game the the timing of the threads were actually offset for the E cores apparently. So like, okay, we're doing this sort of like housekeeping stuff. We're going to throw this to an E core. So the game. Engine was actually intelligent enough to know, like, okay, we're going to throw this to E cores, we're going to throw this to P cores. So that was very promising. Yeah, but I will I don't say think it's setting widespread anytime soon. But that's no, really it's not. Promising. No, and I, <laughs> I always point back to like when, and people always blame Intel for holding everybody back with never doing more cores, but they tried like hell with the uh, six core with the Gulf towns, those West mirrors. They paid developers to support more cores. They even made HEDT. When remember, no one bought AMD. It was basically everybody bought Intel quad core. Mm. They were pushing these high end uh, uh, core counts because they wanted it to go somewhere. And again, the demo years and years ago was they paid a developer to support you know all six cores in a in a Westmere CPU, and that was 
that was that was probably twelve years ago, and we're still now we're at six cores. I just I I'm just so tired of, of hearing it. I want to see it proved at this point. I'm tired of the yeah. I'm tired of the promises. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, fair, fair. Well, fun times. Good news or bad news? Uh, any uh, whichever way you look at it. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, and we'll we'll see. We'll see. I I, I wish there was like a, a nice like line chart. Uh, I'm sure maybe somebody, you know, is like taking these numbers and putting somewhere. I'd love to see like the, I'm a visual person. So like looking at the numbers, like hurts my eyes. So I wish I could see like a chart of like how long it took, you know, and like, like the, you know, the line graph of, oh, yeah. Although I, the, for the practical purposes. So now that six core is basically the predominant CPU for PC gaming, mm-hmm. what are you, what are your, all your recommendations? What's your base core count? for a gaming machine i mean it's it's i mean it's still 5600 x yeah you know yeah ideally you get a five series yeah. ryzen or core yeah. i agree yeah. but i think if i was in a budget like in a pinch i would be totally fine getting that quad core with hyper threaded like if i was yeah. really trying to keep cost downs yeah yeah it's still doable it's still very doable, oh, yeah, especially in course. a lot of games i mean and plenty of people saying that in the chat too you know it's like hey four cores is still mm-hmm. you know just yeah. fine I think the thing that sometimes when we're talking about this theoretically is that sometimes I feel like a little bit of bias uh, towards the high end seeps into these discussions where it's like, oh, well, you're only going to have four cores. But at the same time, I think somebody who is building a four core, eight thread system is aware of the reality of that. They're not going to be expecting to turn on all the bells and whistles. They're not going to be expecting to push as many pixels as possible. They know that they're going to have to cut some corners here and there just so that they can play the games. Yeah. Right? Because that's the important part. They just want to be able to play the games. What's the yep. highest core count on the G parts right now? Uh, six, right? Eight. Uh, is it? Eight. That's oh, 5700 G. Oh, wow. Which okay. is, is the 5700 G. They don't have the low end one this time for oh, right. DIY. Oh, okay. But, you know, the graphics core is better, but. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. All right. Uh, well, man, you know, we've been going for a bit. I, I, I wasn't able to fit on the slide a, a Q&A section, uh, but we do have a couple quick questions, if uh, if that's okay with everybody, uh, before mm-hmm. we get out of here. Um so uh, over on Discord, oh, if you if you want to get your question in now uh, at PC World in the chat, uh, maybe it's a real quick one, we can get to it. Uh, but we do uh, have a couple questions over on Discord. There's a link in the description. Go over to the Discord. Awesome community over there. Uh, we have a, a very pertinent question from a friend of the show, Starscream. Uh, said, Brad, did you ever buy that 5800X 3D to upgrade your Ryzen first gen system? I have not yet because my daughter is graduating imminently, and so I'm trying to save money for her rather than for me. But I do plan on buying probably the 5800X3D sometime soon. Oh, there you go. Uh, also, um, <laughs> we got a, a lot of off-topic questions. Wow. <laughs> so, All right. Yeah. Let me ready. <laughs> let me go back and see if there's anything pertinent. Uh, Oh, this is a good one. Uh, Styfrex uh, asked, uh, sh- should we expect a better encoder for AMD GPUs? Because the quality is not there compared to NVIDIA. Uh, and maybe the Intel one is going to be uh, great with AV1. What do you think? It, we, we've, we talked about this during the live bit out, build, actually. You know, uh, NVIDIA encoder quality versus AMD. Is it going to get better? Yes. When that's going to happen, I don't know. I agree. I do think that it's going to, I think Intel has a history of being 
focus very strongly on content creation and video obviously you know and then kicks butt so it's going to become a competitive disadvantage for amd soon if they don't do it a little better so i wouldn't be surprised if we see it improved next generation hopefully next generation sometime soon but that being said i do also want to say that yes while invenc is better than amd's encoder for normal people who aren't doing like production professional streams of their own and stuff like that like the amd one is just fine yes yeah, it's, it's not yeah. bad but keep it in perspective it's, just, it's yeah. not like oh this is horrible we can't use it it's just like nvidia's is a little bit better you know like, yeah uh, yeah and it's you know it's two big companies versus a company that hasn't had the money and resources of the other companies. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I totally forgot. I'm so sorry. Uh, a friend of the show, Pyro Cumulus, uh, asked this question, which I was supposed to use to kick off the HEDT discussion, said, with plentiful PCIe 5 lanes coming to consumer sockets, are big pro sockets coming to an end? Or did it, that already happen and nobody wrote an obituary? So, yeah, that's that was the, uh, one of the initial things that, that kicked off the discussion over. No. Yeah. Answer is no. <laughs> uh, we do have a couple uh, questions from the chat. Uh, friend of the show, David Richard, says, uh, uh, I, r- I run a sub- small form factor for taking on the road as a trucker. I am running a hybrid cooler on my 3080 Ti with a small form factor air cooler on a 5600X. Similar to my small form factor. Uh, Would I get better gaming at 1440p with an AIO on the CPU? What do you think? They don't say which air cooler is on the 5600X, but... Mm, It depends on the air cooler, because air coolers... The high-end air coolers are just as good as CLCs. Like, if you have a knock, you don't have a knock to run there because it's a small form factor build. But I would say if you're gaming at 1440p with that setup, you're probably mostly GPU-bound still anyway. So, I mean, if you want to do it for fun, you might see some increase in some games a little bit faster that are more CPU-bound, but I don't think it would be worth the cost and hassle to upgrade unless you just like doing it. Yeah, I'll say. I mean, that's exactly what I have in in my my small form factor rig is a fifty six hundred X with a thirty eighty Ti. I have a two forty AIO on there. Um, so I I honestly don't think it's too much about speed holding it back. Depending on your cooler, of course. I think it's it's how cool is it going to run? You know, is is it going to keep it cooler? Hold it from throttling? Like, there's there's rarely. I'm trying to think of the games recently that like I was just like, oh wow, I'm kind of C- CPU bound here a little bit. Uh, there was something. Maybe it was Ghostwire Tokyo. Ah, I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Sorry, but yeah, I mean, there are a couple games where you're like, "Huh, wow, this is pegging the CPU harder than I thought." Oh no, it was. Um, I've been playing uh, uh, Warhammer 40k uh, Chaos Gate Demon Hunters, which is like an XCOM ripoff. <laughs> uh, it's actually pretty. Ooh, good. that sounds interesting. It's actually really good. Yeah, uh, and I I was playing on the Steam Deck, and it runs real bad on the steam deck and i'm like oh that's crazy and then i, I switched over to my small form factor and it actually it, I, it can't eat with even with a 3080 ti it can't hold 4k 60 uh, hmm. on that game and i looked and i was like oh it, it's it's hammering the cpu so yeah i it, but that's like Dang. you know an, an offshoot I, it's not hmm. typical i i my only comment is you know yeah you're mostly gpu limited but you're also probably have um, far more severe thermal constraints, you know, because you're operating in your truck. I mean, I guess you're probably running the AC, so it, the, the ambient may not be that bad, but I'm just thinking the, the conditions you're running at are probably harder than most people, mm-hmm. most people's homes. So mm-hmm. maybe having a 
better cooler can help, but I'm not sure if the ambient's bad, no matter what, is the CLC going to make a difference over an air cooler? I'm, I'm not so sure. No. So. Right. Yeah. Well, it might help a little. A small form factor air cooler, which tend to be pretty tight. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I, I mean, I, I built in, I mean, it really depends on the size of the case, right? I, we don't know the size of the case, but when I did the, um, a4 H2O video, and I built in that. So the clearance for an air cooler is like, I want to say like 50, 55 millimeters. So that, I mean, you're really limited on what you can use for an air cooler. So I was getting better temperatures, like I think, I want to say like 5 to 10 degrees Celsius by switching out to an AIO. So if that really matters to you and you're thinking less about maybe the performance aspect and more just about longevity, you just, you know, trying to keep your parts alive for as long as possible because you're concerned about how the heat's going to affect it, then it could be worth doing it. But I, I would agree with Brad that I don't think it's necessarily for the performance aspect. It'd be more just for, you know, other concerns. That is a good point, though, because you're you're pretty constrained in a small form factor. Yeah. So yeah. those are not big coolers. Uh, we got a question from uh, Private Info. Said, uh, "Are any of you on staff old enough to have used a machine that ran off five and a quarter inch floppy disk?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, I did too. <laughs> really? All of us are. Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa! Did well, you use single sided five and a quarter inch floppies though? I didn't even know what the I difference was. Oh, I was a kid. Oh, yeah. I think so. Was it because the first system I ever used was an eighty eighty eight system? So I'm going to guess it's that old. It's probably it was probably double sided. It was probably By double-sided. then already. Right. I I'm trying to think. It might have. I think it probably was because it was it uh, three. Oh God, I can't remember the capacity. Was it three hundred and sixty? I forgot what it was, but they were. I think it was. I think the original, the original fifty one fifties might have been double sided drives. No, that couldn't have been. It might have been. I'm just saying the 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 pre PC POSs we all ran were pretty pretty had ter- pretty terrible uh, diskette drives. We have, we have yeah. people in the chat screaming Commodore sixty four. Oh yeah, so oh, three sixty is single sided. Okay, but then I but then there was the high density member. So no, wait a minute. There must have been a lower than three sixty. I'm sure there was. <laughs> Uh, Kelt from Falcon Northwest is in the chat. What's up, Kelt? Says, uh, tell them about tape drives, Gordon. Oh, the tape drive. You know what tell you the worst thing? I didn't yeah, have a tape children. drive. I couldn't afford the tape drive. So you would spend all day typing in your basic from the magazine. You'd type it in. And then you would finally, at the end of the day, complete your journey to Mount Doom to be able to run it, with fix all the typos, and then, like, whoa, what do I do now? I, I don't, I can't save it. Oh, you turn it off. So you would try to delay turning it off as much as possible. Oh, but God. like, your parents really want you to sit here with the stupid computer wasting money on electricity. No, you just <laughs> shut it off. It's all gone. So pre, no storage. But yeah, the tape drives were, yeah. Oh, that's fun. That's fun. Uh, okay. So, uh, friend of the show, Cause MC. Uh, says, uh, do we? Does everybody on staff know what a rutabaga is? A vegetable, yeah. I have seen it. Yes, I don't think I've ever seen one. Really? No. If I, if, if I had to pick it out of a lineup, I don't think I could. It sounds. Don't it sounds like one, something. Don't put them in your mouth. A rutabaga. What does it taste like? Though? I don't know if I've ever tasted it, or I. I don't know if I know what I. It would. I think taste I like. get a picture of this on screen now, just to be know, educational. Let me, let me Google rutabaga. I'm uh, seeing mention of a 300 baud. I had I had the 300 baud. Oh, it's kind of like a radish. That was the days you had to dial it yourself. 
So you dial it yourself, and then you would connect it to your, your modem? Turnip versus rutabaga. Uh, oh crap! Uh, okay, cool. Uh, another one uh, from another fun one from the front of the show. Liquid R uh, is the F fourteen Tomcat the coolest fighter jet of all time, or is it just pop culture hype? Hype. Well, what do you think? Uh, I I have a relative who uh, is a retired airplane mechanic, and I spoke to them recently, and they said that the, so their answer to that question would be yes. Major overhype. <laughs> Gordon? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's clearly been overhyped. They stopped making it. I can't think of any other swing-wing designs anymore, but it certainly is probably the most hyped fighter of all time, so hype is more valuable in a lot of ways. But clearly an F-22 would easily, easily, you know, outperform a, an F-14. But although... I guess, you know, F-14s, if you're in a swing-wing mode and you're at low speeds, but nobody flies around at low speeds to get shot down by a missile, so. <laughs> My vote goes for those old attack blimps that were back in the day. I like those. Do <laughs> uh, <laughs> they really have those? Yeah, there was, there was, I forget what it was, but there was one country that used blimps to uh, bomb things. Oh, man. I would just think like that would just be the worst Life assignment. You pissed off the Sarge really bad. Where am I going, Sarge? You're going in the assault blimp, but I'm just a sitting duck. It goes five miles an hour. But can you imagine the first time they did that? Like, who would have anticipated a blimp of all things, right? So the original story is the um, first World War One biplanes used... In, in the war were just observation planes. They would fly over and they would they would observe troops and then they would report back. And then some person say, hey, you know what? I'm going to bring my pistol up there. And then pretty soon, <laughs> like, I'm just going to drop this grenade over the side. <laughs> yeah. Well, it pretty soon didn't turn into like, yeah, let's put machine guns on these. Yeah. So. Uh, as a kid. The F-14, being able to have the die-cast metal F-14 that, uh, you know, had the, the wing swing was uh, was pretty awesome. Also, the, the A-10, uh, Lewis Law says they were a fan of the A-10. I was, I was a big fan of the A-10 as well. Yeah, um, no, I mean, everybody everybody loves the Warthog. But but. My, my, my dad worked on Apache helicopters. Those are those are my sweet spot. Did we, Apache. Did we ever, did we cancel the Comanche? I forget. Yes. Oh, okay. I you know what so. game series I want to bring back? I miss the old Janes, like... Where they had like the Apache games, the helicopter games EA used to run. Those games are awesome, and there's nothing like them anymore. I need to buy the they they added an Apache to a uh, flight sim. I need to buy that. But I looked at it and I was like, wow, this is actually kind of expensive. Uh, but I, I should just do it <laughs> anyway. Um, all right, cool. Uh, last one, friend of the show, Cause MC, uh, Gordon Gold State in five or six. I think it's going to be a six or seven game series. I don't know. I mean, honestly, Boston's awesome. They, I mean, for people who've been paying attention, it's they're they're an awesome team. They, I mean, you know, a lot of these shots they were making at the fourth quarter last time was like I kind of saw a lot of the shots happening against the Heat too. So I I don't know why people thought like oh this is crazy, but I don't know. You know, I you know it's 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 going to be about adjustments. So we don't know if anybody anybody who thinks it's over. They're they're fooling themselves. If if Boston goes up two zero, then that's going to be real tough. But if they, if it, I figure it's going to be one 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 one. So we take one here, we take one in Boston. That you know, and, and then it'll come down to a six or seven game series possibly. So I mean, you think about it. 
really, that's the best script the NBA script writers could oh, write. Oh, yeah, of is, course. Because that's seven yeah, games. You don't, don't want to blow out. Yeah. I will say Warriors in five or six games. Trick question. Nice try. Oh. <laughs> nice. Got him. Got him. <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, all right. Cool. That's it. Uh, once again, tune in next Tuesday, 1030 AM PT. We're, we're going to do a, a fun build challenge. Actually, you know, Brad, if you, if you get a chance... Maybe put together something. We'll, 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 we'll say it on the show. I, I know you know you're not going to be there. I will try. But yeah. I will try. Yeah. Just for fun. Uh, but yeah. Uh, so bring your own build challenge. Go over to the Discord. Put it in there. $1,200 PC only. Uh, put it on PC Part Picker. Give us a reason why you picked the, the why you picked the pieces you did. Anyway, Gordon, take us out here. Oh, sorry. I was I was thinking about the F-14. <laughs> Just always <laughs> on your mind. Have you ever seen videos of it when it's like, when it's got the wings it's out and it's in a high G turn, the wings actually kind of bend a little bit. It's like, man, that's a little scary looking. Check back <laughs> next week for your Fix It PC Talk on the Full Nerd. For audio listeners, sub- subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or Stitcher. Send questions and comments to the Full Nerd at PCRoll.com and also leave a review every time you do. Someone adds a core to their CPU. Thanks for coming. I'm Gordon Ung with Brad Charkas. Adios, y'all. Eleni Yee. Bye, everyone. And Adam Patrick Murray. Man. Uh, Go Warriors. <laughs> everyone needs to to go review us, on please, on their content platform of choice because, yeah, we want all those cores to go around. And we finally beat the <laughs> Mac, right? We can finally beat the Mac, finally beat That consoles. Steam survey had somebody with three cores. You never know. know. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks, everybody. (laughs) Goodbye. Lewis Law says he's on a Mac right now. Oh, jeez.